Hey everybody, welcome back to the IGN Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. Keeping It Real! Jim David and Chris Carl, yes, your fan fave, Roth Cornette, is not sitting in on this one today. She is, uh, she's out and about. I know that you guys are like, this podcast sucks without her. Bring it's her true. on. It's well, so you know, every time we're, we're taping it, she's, she's off uh, working somewhere. You know, so. you know what my dad always says about stuff like that? Life isn't fair. So uh, there was once this kind of a uh, drunken old guy in a smoke shop back home. I overheard him say, "Life is cruel and unfair." And I was like, <laughs> well, "All right, you should know." It. He would say he said that too, by the way, as he it's was true. playing scratch cards. Well, so yeah, yeah. So maybe, maybe some of it he brought upon himself. Who knows? Yes, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but let's. Uh, we get a lot to talk about, and we're actually kind of on a time crunch. So, uh, last weekend's box office: Gravity three-peating at number one, thirty million. Uh, newcomers: Carrie, Escape Plan, and The Fifth Estate, all underwhelming. Carrie, uh, little under expect under expectations. Third place bow with sixteen million. Um, not not what I would have thought. Yeah, I thought it, we we had guessed it number one with twenty, but uh, yeah, I don't know though. I mean, gravity's a little inch in that uh, could and does yeah. and keeps doing. I mean, I, I I like Chloe Grace Moretz, but she's been in more movies that have underperformed than have performed. You know, true. Um, yeah. And then, but the the real stories though are Escape Plan fifth. Uh, place debut with 9.9 million clearly Arnie and Sly not the draws they used to be and we've seen that I mean we've seen that from their individual movies um, went to the head and yeah. last stand both were pretty pathetic outside of Expendables neither of them has had a hit of late um, but you know Expendables is that thing it's that gift that keeps giving I think Expendables 3 is going to be Exactly the same, probably yeah. even a little bit better because you've got Harrison Mel Gibson Ford. And Harrison Ford. Yeah, I, mean, I think Seagal is supposed to show up in it. <laughs> Although that that I don't know if the, Stallone tweeted something about that, but I don't remember seeing Seagal's name. Wesley Snipes is in it though. That's it's uh, it's just insane. It's yeah. just insane how many people are in these movies. But yeah, I mean, uh, but the the big plan. the big flop that weekend though was the Fifth Estate, which yeah, it was only. Cost thirty million, but it only made it only made at the box office eighth place debut of one point seven million. That's a real bad. The worst debut of a movie released in over fifteen hundred screens of the year. It actually uh, it beat Paranoia, which was already the big punchline of a poor wow. ass opening. Um, is that a case of simply? A movie that was released in the wrong medium. I have a feeling The Fifth Estate, which was a decent movie, it wasn't great, but it was a decent movie, and Cumberbatch is really good in it. Um, if that were a cable movie, it yeah. would probably be getting Emmy buzz, but it was released as a wide release film, and evidently audiences don't give a shit about WikiLeaks. I don't, I personally don't care that much, and I, I, I don't find. Yeah, I don't find uh, him as a figure that compelling. I don't find that story that compelling. And also, even though it was a huge matter of national security, yeah, I don't care. Really, I, I just don't care. I just don't care about that guy. I don't care about. But about what they were doing, though, is that is that? I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> he's wearing a camouflage sweatshirt too. By the way, hey, here's here's my thought on everything. If you're gonna make an omelet, you're gonna have to break some eggs. <laughs> 
Thank you, Jack Napier. I'm going to say that as they're taking away all of my freedoms, but <laughs> no, I'm just I, I maybe I'm not as ap- I'm not as apathetic about national security as that, but I, I just don't think that 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 movie. I totally agree with you. I think would have been better in a different format. Yeah, and I, especially just. It's also kind of the time of year it was released. I don't know. I just it yeah. just all felt wrong. It yeah. just didn't feel like it was. Well, had speaking about freedoms right. and national security, how about that Captain America two trailer? How huh? the Winter Soldier? <laughs> we just did a rewind so theater good. on that puppy. Uh, it uh, my nerd boner is still raging from that. <laughs> it was so good, so good. I mean, I we had kind of talked about um, we had talked about how um, you know we we were both thinking this might be the best movie of this batch. We, I think yeah. we've talked about that on other podcasts, but um, it, it just really, really delivered. Really delivered that trailer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love uh, everything about it, uh, including the uh, Redford's speeches about sort of like, you you helped shape the last century. We want you to come help shape this one. Um, and just the action. And the Winter Soldier himself just looks badass. Yeah. And it, it is almost like a direct copy of what he looked like in the book that's how you do a cool villain you know yeah. like that's what that's what a cool villain looks like and you know honestly we don't know that much about the story and you know i mean they're they're borrowing uh, a lot from the brubaker uh comic but it's it's not a beat for beat line for line right. adaptation uh you know it looks like nick fury uh is in a lot of uh, physical peril we see yeah. a shot of him on an operating table at one point yeah, yeah. I mean, so do you, will he now have two eye patches? <laughs> well, then, yeah, that's a problem for him. Um, <laughs> I, I, I seriously think though that um, you know it's it, they're doing right by Captain America for sure. Like I, I used to think this is going to be a difficult character to get right on the silver screen. You know, it just yeah. had struggled before. I mean, before superhero movies were what yeah. they are now, was struggling a lot. Um, but now it's just it just feels like what the the great 1990 classic didn't sell you on it <laughs> the Italian Red Skull. It just feels like now they're really you know they're really digging into exactly what makes Cap Cap and what it, the cool thing to me is that Captain America now is like people general people who don't follow comics will understand the whole reason that that character is cool. Right. Yeah. And and I think that's the biggest... There's two words. Ed Brubaker. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's like a really, really you know, just kudos to the folks who are making that happen because it's not an easy thing to get right. Same with Iron Man. Yeah. That was not an easy thing to get right. And but, Thor. I mean, yeah. the fact that Thor is... Uh, it's on... It's tracking for anywhere between a seventy-five to ninety million dollar opening. Thor ninety the Dark million War. opening for Thor. Dude. I know. Who would have thought? We would have laughed about that a few years ago. And I'm a Thor fan. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Thor, uh, our review for Thor: The Dark World is up. Uh, uh, the IGN UK fellas reviewed it because it comes out in the UK uh, a week before the US. Um, kind of a mixed, lukewarm reaction from them, and it's kind of getting that from. Um, a lot of outlets. I mean, a lot of the real nerd outlets are loving it, but some of the more uh, mainstream press are just sort of like, yeah, it's it's decent, but sort of just uninspired. And and I'm not hearing a lot of great stuff about Malekith, the, the think, villain. I think that's the biggest strike that you, across all reviews that you're seeing is that yeah. Malekith is not 
is not where he needs to be. And also, I mean, wasn't it kind of a, a big hint, though, since he was hardly ever in any of the promotional materials? Well, you know, th- that could be two things. That could be either, like, this guy is so badass, we're going to save him a little bit and then, you know, create word of mouth after the fact. Sometimes they'll do that with a villain. I guess r- in recent times, less yeah. and less. But, um, I mean, the Winter Soldier doesn't say anything in the trailer, but his presence tells you everything, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, especially that last shot of the Winter Soldier. So, Just yeah. grabbing the shield. Oh, that's you so know, cool. Honestly, I don't think... I, I think it's probably going to be a fine movie. I mm-hmm. think it'll be, you know... It's not like we gave it a negative review. We just gave it a, like, hey, this could have been... Yeah, better, it was a mixed you know? bag review. I mean, I'm seeing it next week. I can't wait. Um, so we'll obviously talk about it next week's podcast. Uh, I want to so, say we both were at a screening last night for Frozen. Yeah. I'm not sure how much we can say, but we both enjoyed it. It's really good. Yeah. I, I was really excited coming out of that movie. And I, Very I just, funny. Uh, funny. The music is music some of the good. most memorable songs, I think, I feel like since like the 90s, maybe. The whole thing felt like a throwback to the 90s princess movies. Yeah. And but it, it was, was also so cool nice. because it turned some of the tropes in the head. We won't say how, but yeah. I, I, I liked it. And Josh Gad's snowman so character good. is... I haven't seen um, kind of a a breakout character like that since probably uh, Robin Williams in yeah. Aladdin or yeah. I know this is a totally different thing and it's a franchise that's no longer cool but like the way Donkey kind of stole the show in Shrek in the first one the original Shrek though Donkey was the was the thing and I was yeah. actually having a conversation after the movie um, about how it's you don't need celebrities anymore to open a movie like that. Like, yeah. I, I feel like Shrek kind of put everybody on this path of like, we need to get only celebrities, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, you know, kind of going over the cast after the film, I was like, there's Kristen Bell and there's Josh Gad. Josh Gad's not like some huge star. Yeah. Like, people know who he is, but it's not like he's... He's a great he's, singer. He's not like he's Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Well, yeah. I mean, if you saw Book of Mormon on Broadway, and I'm sure all five of you did, because <laughs> <laughs> it was very expensive, uh, but, you know, they, they're doing the touring show of it now, but it wasn't Josh Gad, but he... He, uh, that was kind of the thing that really helped put him on the map, was, was you know, people had known him, but he was kind of... He was kind of getting the poor man's Jonah Hill thing, and then yeah. when you saw him in, in Book of Mormon, you can see that he can sing, and he's just like got that comedic yeah. timing. And of course, he was in the Steve Jobs movie as as was. Uh, as was. So. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. I don't think that Disney needs to cast celebrities at all. Yeah, uh, they don't need to cast like. A-listers yeah. at all yeah. for movies like that. There's just no need for it. Um, uh, some other Marvel stuff. The the teaser for the teaser trailer to X-Men Days of Future Past, <laughs> that, that Instagram video, it was very brief, like seven seconds, but it was cool. We're in that world now, by the way. We are in that. Oh, well, Heavily. they did the same thing with Captain America, Heavily too. in that world. But at least that one, I think we got up to 17 seconds. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, it looks cool. It's difficult to say with seven seconds, but there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff in just that. Oh, yeah, yeah, the little snippets. And also, uh, you know, there are some photos out there now with uh, Dinklage rocking the Ron Burgundy look. Yeah, he's definitely. Bolivar Trask. Uh, I saw I saw some of the footage at, at Comic Con. We had video reactions to it, and it's I think Days of Future Past is going to be the best X Men one yet. Hmm. So I, I really awesome. do. Um, we also have a review up on the uh, the UK guys got to see Ender's Game that comes out uh, also comes out early in the UK. I believe it's now playing over there, and it opens up next Friday here in the states. I've still not seen it. I'm supposed yeah. to see it. 
hopefully next week, but uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, that one got a slightly better review from our guys than, than Thor did. So, you know, we'll see uh, We'll see how that shakes out at the box office. I think, um, you know, Harrison Ford and, and Sci-Fi, let's, let's hope it's still there. But, you know, Cowboys and Aliens, yes, it was a Western, but it was also Sci-Fi. It didn't really do anything for him. I get a really sort of generic vibe off of Ender's Game. Like, yeah. the... It just doesn't do that much for me, and and I'm hoping to be wrong, but it just feels it feels kind of very forgettable. It's gonna like drift away, yeah. it's like Tron or something like that, where it was like I don't know, whatever. You know, yeah. I know people actively dislike Tron. I just thought it was really mediocre. I just was the like, second was like, one, yeah, the, the yeah. Yeah, legacy. Or... Yeah, I, I just thought it was a little boring, you know. Yeah. Um, but and this one kind of looks like that to me. Oh, uh, one uh, one other little uh, Marvel tidbit uh, with all the Thor press that was going on over there, Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige uh, talked to IGN and he told us that uh, Ant Man. Uh, casting is expected to be finalized by the new year, so maybe we will indeed see Paul Rudd as uh, as Ant Man. I think and, so. And also, um, uh, he says it's going to be a heist movie. So I like the signs of that. That's basically a caper. Yeah, I. It's a good way to do an Ant Man movie, honestly. Um, and I, I really like the idea of Paul Rudd as Ant Man. And we haven't really talked about it in here, but I think he could be a pretty interesting choice. He kind of yeah. fits that mold of the yeah. kind of actor that they go for. Um, and and he's a good fit, I think, with <clears throat> Edgar Wright as well. Like, yeah, the sensibilities and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben Kingsley uh, also revealed he uh, doing press for Ender's Game, but he revealed that he has a secret Marvel project. Ooh. Ooh. Is it gonna? What do you think? A short film featuring Trevor Slattery, a little jokey short film? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is. And uh, yeah, in the same interview, he said he has a, a new Blood Rain project coming. Oh no, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, Sir Ben, sorry, yeah. yes, Sir Ben, Sir Ben, I couldn't resist. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Batman versus Superman because why the hell not? Why wouldn't we? Um, they filmed the first uh, they they shot the first footage for the film last weekend. It was a football game at East LA College, and uh, it was supposed to be like uh, the Gotham City versus Metropolis College football game. And uh, we have a write up about it at the site. So, yeah, Zack Snyder himself directed that sequence. So there we have it: Batman versus Superman uh, becoming a reality. Uh, ben Affleck. Recently did an interview where he said he was initially, quote, reluctant to play Batman. Um, Wouldn't you be? I mean, yeah. I think anybody would be. But it was it was Zack Snyder's vision, he said, that, that sold him on it. I really think that Ben Affleck is a self-aware guy. And I know we get a lot of crap for defending Ben Affleck, but it's like... That's our indie film, too, is my, defending Ben Affleck. My whole thing with this is, let's wait and see what the vision is before yeah. we, like, you know... The vision is terrible. that he has... Big ears and a cape and beats people <laughs> off. I think that's the vision. So, but, so, you know, I would have trepidation too, and I'm saying he's a pretty self aware guy, so he knows, you know, what he's stepping into. I mean, he's yeah. like good friends with Kevin Smith. You gotta think that they're on, <laughs> yeah. on the nerd shits once yeah. in a while. I think yeah, they talk yeah. about it. I'm you sure know? I have a feeling Kevin Smith probably had a, he probably had a come to Jesus moment with him <laughs> about this whole thing. So I think he knew what he was getting into, and, and, and he was like, well, you know, uh, it's it's worth doing because of the vision of Snyder. So, um, and also, I'm sure that Warner Brothers just basically gave him 
a home for all of his future directing things sure. too. Um, yeah, because they need they need they're they're in the they're in the talent business. They like long, like they've had a relationship with Clint Eastwood for decades. Uh, they want that with Nolan, but I have a feeling Nolan is moving on. We've talked we've talked a little bit about Ben Affleck possibly taking the reins of some of this uh, DC stuff down the mm. line and you know thinking that maybe he is a very capable director and and it, it's it's definitely a secure gig for a director, you know. Yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like you know you're going to make money, you know you're going to have yeah. a green Wait, light. All I have to do is wear a Batman suit and you're going to give me all all this freedom and money. Yeah, yeah okay. All yeah. right. It's worth some fanboy vitriol online. Yeah, exactly. And you know? ultimately, ultimately so many projects have weathered the fanboy storm that it's like not and come out fine. Come out fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know. I think if you look at history, you'll you'll see lots of examples of that. So it's very interesting. I would also have trepidation if I took the role of Batman. They would never offer it to me. <laughs> you were actually the runner-up. Too ginger, <laughs> too chubby. You you were up so, though for the Christian Grey role, weren't you? Oh my god! They were scrambling for that Charlie Hunnam replacement and like get me Christopher Cole. You're I, like I can't I had to do turn it. it down. Here. Too much chafing, you know. <laughs> That's right. But you know who did get the the Fifty Shades starring role? Guy from Once Upon a Time in the Fall, an Irish actor. Yay, Irish! Uh, Jamie Dornan. That's right. A guy you never heard of. Uh, why do we care about Fifty Shades, Chris? Better, better that way. Because it opens against Guardians of the Galaxy, and it could very well give it a run for its money, I think. I don't think it's the only reason we care about it. I mean, it's a huge, huge it's piece of literature. It's a pop culture phenomenon. pop culture phenomenon. You use the L word there. I don't know. It's, 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 it's published on paper and has covers. It's art the way that Gigi Allen singing is art. You know? <laughs> I'm just saying. Art, art. <laughs> there's art. Which is a huge category, and then there's good art and bad art. So I'm I'm of the I'm of the um, mind that there's a lot of art out there. There's just not a lot of good art out there. I'm just saying this movie's gonna get you laid. <laughs> yeah, it's very possible. It also could get you beaten. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's true. It all get, depends on what company you're could, keeping at the time you say, "Hey, I'm going to see up. Fifty Shades." Yeah. Uh, let's see. Avatar 2 through 4. Yes, talking about three films here. James Cameron says that Stephen Lang's villain, Colonel Quaritch, will be back for all three of them. He didn't elaborate on how this character who died at the end of the first movie. Oh, sorry, spoiler if you haven't seen the highest grossing movie of all time yet. Um, but he's coming back, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's okay. I, I, I think that's cool. That guy's yeah. a joy to talk to, by the way. He's an yeah. awesome, awesome he, dude. He, uh, and I, I really liked Colonel. I thought he was the, so the, the most fun part of that movie. The I have like I have no trepidation about the rest of the Avatar movies. I know everybody's like, oh, there's going to be apathy, blah blah. Whatever, dude. When that <laughs> when Avatar two comes out, you know everybody on Earth. But is what about see when it. Avatar three and four come out? We'll see. I mean, I I I just. It's so silly to me to not have faith in James Cameron when he really has never delivered a bad movie. You and, know? and when he has already and he's already made the two highest grossing movies of all time. He's never like okay, say what you will about sort of the the plot or whatever of Avatar. It was definitely spectacle, and it's just not. You just can't. I I don't buy that it's a bad movie. It's yeah, a, it's still a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I enjoyed it. It, it. Has it stayed with me the way other sci-fi films have? No, but. Uh, I do appreciate uh, the significance it's had within the genre in terms of it did bring um, uh, the filmmaking, exp- uh, the film going experience 
to a big level in the industry in terms of making 3D viable and making it kind of like everything now is in 3D and you know it took what was old and made it new again in a way I'm wondering if we'd have gravity if it wasn't for Avatar you know and and mm, if it's a good point and if we didn't then that's another thing that Avatar has brought us which is great you know yeah um, and I I do really think that studios are going to be a little bit more selective about 3D and some of them. The ones who stand to get pirated the most, yeah, the Marvels, you know, yeah. they're going to definitely put everything in 3D. Yeah, I mean, that's, and, and that really is, at the end of the day, we're like, why do they keep making it in 3D? It's because it's tougher to, to film yeah. that stuff off the screen, you know? It was a really telling moment last night when we were watching uh, Frozen, um, watch this uh, short with, yeah. it was in 3D, which is awesome, this little, like, Mickey short. And then the movie started, and... Everybody there was yeah. still wearing their 3D glasses. Didn't take them off because the the actual presentation was in 2D, and nobody took their glasses off because I think we everybody's so used to just kind of like lame ass, just regular, yeah. not, not much 3D, 3D yeah. that like. Nobody, nobody realized that it was actually in 2D. A publicist had to run in and tell everyone, you can take your glasses off. This is actually 2D. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> I kind of thought that was hilarious because it's it shows... We're the, so conditioned. There's also that disparity between something like Gravity or something like Avatar and then something that is just made in 3D yeah. for those like cynical reasons. You know? Yep. yep. Uh, let's talk uh, some more science fiction stuff. Uh, Independence Day sequels. Uh, Roland Emmerich says that there have been... There are two scripts... One that has Will Smith, his character, uh, in it, and one without him. Uh, yeah. You know, then how significant is this character if you can excise the entire, the star of your, your first movie entirely from a, a whole version of the story? Saw so I Robot on TV the other day and, and watched probably about three quarters of it. And, you know, I, I feel like that Will Smith is kind of gone for the moment. You know, like yeah. After Earth didn't really open very huge. And he's he kind also of been poking killed his personality stuff. in that movie. He was playing, like, basically this emotionless guy. And I'm like, we don't want to see that. Will Smith is, like, warm and fuzzy and shit. We want that guy, you know? I, 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 don't, I, I wouldn't be so stupid as to say that Will Smith needs Independence Day. But it couldn't hurt his career to There's go There's a back reason why he's now back at the table after yeah, yeah. after Earth. Um, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. That that little train that could. Um, oh man. Uh, the original screenwriter of it, Oscar winner Michael Arndt, no slouch guy, did Little Miss Sunshine and, and uh, Toy Story Three, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he uh, is off the scripting project, replaced by director J.J. Abrams and sort of the godfather of the, the new Star Wars movies, Lawrence Kasdan, who, of course, wrote Empire and Jedi and Raiders. Um, I don't think it's any big deal. Like, people are making a bigger deal about Arndt being out. And I'm like, he is kind of an in-demand screenwriter. He's already been on this project for a long time before it was even announced. Um, people... People get rewritten all the time. I'm sure he has rewritten plenty of people. Yeah. Uh, JJ and Castan are both screenwriters, yeah. and JJ is directing it. And they probably just need to kind of hone things. I think people are making like this into like some sort of panicky story when it's business as usual, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and and you know when you're when when you're like a JJ Abrams, I think if you know the way that you want to tell the story, there there is a moment when you're probably going to do a lot of this anyway, whether mm -hmm. it's credited or not, you know, you're yeah. going to be on set making these calls. So, 
Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe he was going in a direction they didn't like, and and they were everybody was just like. I mean, it could be something as simple as like parting. the voice of the characters or yeah. something like that, personality. I mean, I, I, but I don't think it it shouldn't it shouldn't reflect poorly on this guy who I've I've never met. It's not like I'm vouching for somebody I know. Yeah. It's, no, I just I, think it's kind of business as usual. Writers get replaced all the time on movies. Yes, even Star Wars. If they like, in fact, Empire Strikes Back replaced. Well, she died, so I guess they. Had had no choice. If they came game. back and they were like, we're replacing him with like Carrot Top or something as the screenwriter. Yeah, Carrot Top reference. Carrot Top reference, man. Where's the bell? Oh, wait, we found the bell. Hold oh, on, hold on, wait no. for it, wait for it. There Ding. we go, it's back, no. baby. I mean, if they brought in some bullshit screenwriter to rewrite it, then we could be all sad about it, but it's the It's not Uwe Boll doing it. These guys are great. I mean, you know? Kasdan, Kasdan knows what he's doing, and, and uh, so does so does J.J. I mean, uh, yeah, J.J. was a screenwriter before he was a, yeah. a hit director, and, and uh, but yeah. Uh, some other Lucasfilm stuff, Jurassic World, uh, uh, still, still chugging along there. Um, Actually, that's not Lucas. I was like, Lucas. Yeah, no, that's Amblin. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, it's ILM. Uh, You're so desperate for a segue. I, I know, right? Uh, r- uh, reportedly, Josh Brolin and perhaps even Indris Elba are going to uh, join the cast. I think that's pretty cool. I think uh, it sounds like it's basically about a family trapped in a, another theme park type thing. Not to dredge up ancient history, but you know, as as I never got a chance to see Pacific Rim when it was in the theater, and so I just recently saw it on Blu-ray. When you say ancient, I thought you were going to talk about like Randolph Skull, uh, Scott, and <laughs> the most dangerous game or something like that. No, so I, I finally did see Pacific Rim, and I kind of liked it. Look, it's it's got it's got its moments. I, I feel like for me, uh, again, the biggest downside of Pacific Rim was that. People ruined my giant robots versus monsters movie, uh, and I just I just thought they followed the wrong main characters. I didn't care about Charlie Hunnam and the girl, but I liked Idris. I liked Ron Perlman's character a lot, like Charlie yeah. Day's character. I didn't really care for his sticky sidekick thing, uh, yeah. sidekick guy. But uh, like I wanted, I understand where that guy came from because he was about as human and anime over the top character right. as you're gonna get. But uh, I just wanted the movie to be more about those guys because whenever they were on screen, I gave a shit. But like. It was all that time with Charlie Hunnam and Renko, and I just sort of like, eh, I don't really give a shit. You yeah, know? I think uh, in my one criticism of the movie, as I would say, she was a little miscast because I, I felt like they needed somebody with a little bit more charisma in that role. They were both pretty wooden. They were both that. like ciphers for action, yeah. essentially. And, yeah. Um, but, but Idris, whenever he walked on, it's like, you know, yeah, I'm going to class up this film. Not only that, though, like, I just think from a production standpoint, it was just gorgeous. Oh, like, yeah. No, those, so those good. fights were great. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't hate Pacific Rim. I didn't heavily dislike it. I just thought it was okay, you know? Yeah, it was a little... I uh, wanted to love it. But it was a little mediocre so. in the plotting, but I, you know, like, the spectacle of it, like, pushed it over the top. Oh, me. yeah. And as a fan of anime, um, as as ridiculous and, and silly as some of the concepts are, you really, there's a lot of things that you have to suspend in this movie, disbelief you have to suspend in this movie. Yes. <laughs> um, like, there's so many, like, contrivances, but, uh, but yeah, ultimately, I thought it was... I, I did was like the little bulldog. They, they always get me in a movie when they put in a cute dog. You gotta put a dog in it. Uh, that's, you know, uh, what, what other big movie just had a dog in it that's uh, like a huge Lassie? No, okay, I totally forget. I totally forget now which buddies. movie it was. <laughs> oh, dude, what if they had a Space Buddies Gravity parody? Oh my god, make it so! <laughs> oh, it just made a Star Trek thing. Too. Oh, there we go. Damn. Uh, 
Um, guess what's getting a sequel that we didn't think was going to get a sequel? Space Buddies. No, Mortal Instruments. They're going to make, uh, what is it, City of Ashes. We had City of Bones, and now, you know, because that one did so poorly, everyone's like, oh yeah, sequel's off. Well, now they've come out and announced that it's actually going to shoot next year, that they've retooled the way that they're going to approach it, and they're sort of the the marketing and the release uh, date and all that, and uh, I mean... It, it was. It cost, I believe, sixty million to make. It made a worldwide total of fifty-eight million. But there was obviously a passionate fan base out there for that book. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, I so just, it lost money, and they're still greenlighting the sequel based on what? Exactly? I guess based on having the rights. Here's the thing, though. Like the same thing happened with. Narnia, where but actually Narnia was way more successful. So oh, it was yeah. like it's Narnia, kind of like a kick-ass thing, yeah, I think. Like yeah. maybe we'll see, we'll see how Mortal Instruments does. Maybe it's one of those things like all the tweens will run out and buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, it could be. But I have a feeling they're all just going to pirate it. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know what else? Uh, some sequel buzz: Beetlejuice Two. <clears throat> Excuse. <clears throat> yeah, Beetlejuice Two is a yeah. it's a weird one, huh? Uh, Tim Burton. Uh, a lot of reports that he's he's you know he's seriously talking with them about coming back to to direct it. Uh, we've heard rumblings of that before, and Seth Graham Smith is going to write it, and you know Michael Keaton is pr- probably going to come back. But uh, I don't think it's going to be Burton's next movie. His that uh, a Miss Peregrine School or yeah. whatever. Uh, uh, I can't even think of a better movie for him to do. Yeah, yeah. Sensibility I mean, wise. Yeah, at New York Comic Con, they were actually giving out like uh, samples of the comic book adaptation yeah. of that. So, yeah, I, I think uh, that'll probably be his next one. But what do you think about them returning to. You know, that's. What, that's a long almost, time almost a 30 year old movie at this yeah, point. Yeah. It, it, Is it kind of going back to the the well a little bit too late? I think, you know, we, well, I mean, it kind of depends on the project, you know. I, I, yeah. I, there's a lot of nostalgia for people of our generation for movies that happened then, you know. It, it kind of strikes me as like something like Ghostbusters, where, um, yeah. you know, now when they make a Ghostbusters movie, if it ever comes out, it's just going to seem really different. It's just going to yeah, seem like... Yeah, like if they made a Back to the Future 4. Totally strange at this point in time. Yeah. So, I don't know, I... Oh, I'll withhold judgment, but um, I wasn't I wasn't impressed with um, Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter, so yeah. um, we'll have to see what Seth Graham Smith does with it. It could be yeah. cool. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, well, he and, uh, and and Burton have already teamed up for Dark Shadows, which True. I thought had its moments. Like I was, in I it. love the first half. Yeah. yeah, and then like as soon as Bella Heathcote disappears, it's like we're following her, and then she's just gone, and it becomes the Johnny Depp show, and then you're like. What is going on? Like, I, I actually would have really enjoyed that movie, and I, th- I thought that I was actually really surprised that he reined himself in a little bit more than yeah, usual. But like, yeah, yeah. I, I would have really enjoyed that movie. It was just like their lives playing out in front of. Well, me. yeah, kind of like the show. I, I oddly enough, I felt like it was a movie that needed to be a little longer. Like, yeah. I felt like because there are so many characters that, like the Chloe Grace Moretz uh, werewolf thing, kind of came out of nowhere, and yeah. and. Um, I actually had, I, I watched a lot of the original show on Netflix before that movie came out. I was I really got into it. It's and I think the movie has its moments. Yeah. Um, and and it could have been really good, uh, but it turned out to be a, a real mixed bag for me. Like I gave it a pretty mixed to negative review. I feel like well, because I felt like it fell apart. But even Johnny Depp, I felt like kind of. He was doing something a little different at yeah. first, and then it kind of turned into more depisms. Yeah, along. I, I I do feel like the there are hints that that um, from that movie that that 
Seth Graham Smith could tackle Beetlejuice to make it successful. Yeah, yeah. The humor was like good in places and stuff. So, um, and the the the, the dysfunctional family and the creepy house and all yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, let's see, uh, Entourage movie. Now, I did the oh, the, the junket in in Vegas last week for Las Vegas, and I talked to Jerry Ferrara, who you know Turtle from Entourage, and he's in Las Vegas. And yes, I got to meet De Niro, which was so cool. So, so that's awesome. One of my bucket list interviews I cannot <laughs> check off. Uh, and he made the face. He made all the faces. <laughs> he did the thing. Even the smile. Uh, this guy. He did all that um, in, in so one good. interview. Uh, but you know, I asked uh, Jerry Ferrara about the Entourage movie, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's you know, we're trying, blah blah." And then just a couple of days later, it comes out that there's a huge salary deadlock going on. Uh, Mark Wahlberg even calls the guys greedy. Because they're holding out, they want what Jeremy Pevin's getting getting paid, and he, his deal is already set. Uh, what do you, What do you think about that? Um, you know, uh, uh, the guy who played Eric uh, says that the uh, that uh, you know they're hoping to begin filming early early 2014. But um, I don't know. I mean, to me, Jeremy Piven. What have these other guys done? He's the biggest part of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm sorry, all apologies to these guys, but Jerry Ferreira, I, who Adrian knows? If, who, who even knows if he is one of the people who's actually holding out? It could have posse up. And, and, you it know, does I, sound like it's Adrian Grenier, uh, however but, but, his name. Adrian Grenier, like, it, Grenier. just take, just take yeah. the freaking job, dude. You yeah. know, like, what else are you doing? It's not, I, I can't imagine that they're offering table scraps. It's yeah. probably just. You know, people wanting to be realistic and make a movie. You know what's table scraps? What they're paying the people in Fifty Shades. Charlie Hunnam was offered 125 grand, and he was far more recognizable than Jamie Dornan, who I'm sure is getting paid uh, maybe a, 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 a four Taurus. That's <laughs> <laughs> you do this movie for four Taurus. The beauty of that job, though, it's similar to taking a Marvel job for not much money in the beginning. The beauty of it is. You're not going to get paid up front. You're going to get paid in your next projects. And, and so, yeah. <laughs> and as Jim so eloquently said, and, and, and as, as Steven Seagal would say, sweet Punani. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Steven Seagal's horrible, horrible dance hall song online oh, where he, he talks about the Punani, just look it up. He's... He's maybe the worst person who's ever lived. He, he, he just might be. But, but he might also be in Expendables 3, so we'll Maybe see. also the best? <laughs> he was in Machete, you know? Anyway, um, like, so get off your high horse, Entourage guys. Plus, uh, here's here's my thing. I hope it remains deadlocked and we never see that movie. Yeah, I have no desire to see that film. Uh, I, I, it was one of those shows like Californication that I watched despite not really liking it. I, I, you know, ever since moving to LA... I actually I, like Californication more than I like I do too. Ever since moving to LA, I have this... Um, it's interesting because so much production happens... Well, less and less, but a lot of production happens here, and it's nice to go see the places that you go hang yeah. out and eat and stuff like that in movies. It's interesting. But um, that's the only reason I ever watched it on Entourage. It's just to find all those characters yeah. just abhorrent. Those are the uh, people that you stay away from in Hollywood. Yeah, you know? that's like, everybody that you wish would never work again in Hollywood <laughs> exactly. showed up on that show. Um, let's see. Uh, Not actors. The, that kind of people. Those actors are fun. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The uh, <laughs> Tom Hardy confirmed as playing Elton John in the biopic Rocket Man. 
I think that's really, really brilliant. I think it's good casting. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see his performance. It's good because I kind of feel like he, he went down this like muscly path. He went down this yeah. path towards Bane and the warrior yeah. and all this stuff. Um, or warrior. Warrior? Yeah, warrior. Yeah, not the warrior. The warrior is something else. Yeah. I am um, the warrior. I, I think it's great. I hope he, I hope he gives us the, uh, the balding giant uh, grandma sunglasses, oh. uh, Elton John of the seventies. We'll That's get what that. We want, we'll get know? that. I mean, I, I personally think that. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's great casting. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to have an Elton John movie while Elton John is still, you know, yeah. uh, kicking around. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it's not like he's gone away. I, I just interviewed him a couple of years ago for Nomeo and Juliet. He was one of the producers. Underrated movie. I, I really thought that, that movie. was cute. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was actually a sweet little movie. Um, let's see. Let me. I'm just going to rattle off some news items. We don't necessarily have to talk about them. Uh, it's basically just a bunch of release date changes. RoboCop uh, now coming out. February 12th of next year. Uh, just pushed a few days. Take your um, sweetheart. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no uh, that's the Fifty Shades of Grey, Gunmetal Grey. Right oh, there. man. Uh, let's see. I'm uh, excited about that movie. I'll come out and say it. I want to see it real bad. Uh, you know what? I'm... I'm indifferent at this point. I'm not hating it like uh, uh, our former comics editor, Joey Esposito. <laughs> yeah, he hates it. Yeah, he is just dead set against it. But... Uh, uh, Jack Ryan's Shadow Recruit uh, has been pushed from Christmas Day to January 17th because now it looks like Wolf of Wall Street, which looked like it was going to get pushed to next year, is now actually going to be able to come out in time. It changes up the Oscar race because now everyone's like, ooh, maybe this will be the one that Leo will finally get his Oscar and yada yada and Scorsese. Uh, that might move to Christmas, but it's definitely going to come out in December. I want him to hurry up and get his Oscar so he can do Dumb and Dumber 3 or something completely ridiculous. <laughs> Like that. Uh, Monuments Men, which was supposed to come out in December, George Clooney's World War II movie, that just, it can't get finished in time. There's too many special effects because they're recreating the 1940s. That has now been pushed to February 7th. Uh, and then American Hustle uh, is now coming out December 18th. Um, that's the David O. Russell. That that one looks really cool. It looks yeah. like his stab at doing like Scorsese. Um, Actually, it has a Boogie Nights vibe to me. Right, yeah. Yeah, I really want to see that movie. Yeah, I think that that one looks really cool. Uh, Jack Ryan, I just, uh, I'm not feeling anything about it. I feel about Jack Ryan. It's the Ender's Game of techno thrillers at this point. It feels to me, I have the same vibe about that movie as I had about the Jeremy Renner Bourne movie. Just do not. Yeah, yeah. Don't have any, any, I have zero great cast, but I just don't. I just don't care. Yeah. And you know what? Some of all fears gets a bad rap, but it, it was ballsy enough to to nuke the capital. I mean, a lot of movies don't go there. And I know it's from the book and all that, but still. Um, all right. Well, we actually have to start wrapping up. What, what's your uh, Quickly, what, what's your favorite Tom Clancy adaptation since... We well, Hunt for Red about. October is the best, and I think it's that's the one that's the most watchable. But I, I'd say like the Harrison Ford's Clear and Present Danger. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed quite a bit actually. I really liked it. I, I do think it's ridiculous that Willem Dafoe is hiding in the jungle with his bleach blonde hair and his bright blue jeans, yeah. but he's got the camouflage jacket on just yeah. so he blends in. Got to do that. Uh, but I, you know that 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 uh, the the. Uh, 
RPG, right? RP, no, mm-hmm. role-playing mm-hmm. game. No, RPG attack on the uh, convoy is still a great sequence. And I think Harrison Ford was... That was the perfect vehicle, no pun intended, for him at that point in his career because he was getting a little bit older, you know, and Indy was behind him, but he could still kick ass. And I think between that and Air Force One, it basically bought him another decade of being an action star. Yeah. But also showed that why he is different from other action stars and that he is the thinking man's action star, yeah, you know, yeah. that he's a smart guy and that he's vulnerable. And between that and the fugitive, like the nineties was a very good decade for, for Harrison. Should have thrown another indie movie in there. It would have been perfect. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we'll see what the future holds for 70. Is he 70 or 71? now? Think, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want to see another indie at this point. Yeah. He wants to make one though. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I just, yeah. I don't, I, I don't want it to turn into the Las Vegas of, of indie <laughs> movies. And Las Vegas was actually a little better than what I would thought. I'm under embargo, but it's it's. Let me just say it's better than the Grown Ups movies. <laughs> Whoa, okay. So there we go. That's yeah, that that's one's high the, praise. That's for the poster people. Uh, you know what? I actually enjoyed quite a bit. My review for it is up on the site. Bad Grandpa. Oh yeah, it actually yeah, had a lot amazing. more heart than I thought it would yeah. have. You know, looks amazing. Uh, very funny. Uh, I gave it a positive review. The Counselor also opening up this weekend. Um, that one I liked. I think it just kind of buckles under the weight of its own, uh, under the love of it, the sound of its own voice. Yeah, it's Cormac McCarthy, and the dialogue is 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 amazing, but. It's dialogue with a capital D. Yeah. And, and it's the like actors dialogue. Good. Yeah. You know, it's just like, um, but the, I, I don't think it's built as a thriller, but I don't think the, the bones of that particular skeleton are strong enough to support yeah. it. And I just feel like the last 20 minutes it falls apart. But uh, it's got some great performance. Javier Bardem is great in there. And I it's like Brad Pitt in, a, a lot in it. Yeah. Uh, Penelope Cruz is, in it, is not in it that much. Cameron Diaz is... Uh, is in there and she's I think it's pretty obvious from everything that she is an antagonist um, she is you're either going to really be impressed with her or you're going to think she just didn't nail it at all so I, I really liked her in um in uh god why can't I remember the damn name of this movie Vanilla Sky I actually thought she yeah. was in Vanilla Sky those are both was her and Penelope Cruz then yeah. too uh, yep Ah. I always wonder when things like that happen if these people like get each other onto projects. Like you know? we got to do this together again. Yeah. I, I think. Well, I think in this case it was probably you know Penelope and, and Bardem are married, so they're True. you know although they don't have any scenes together and they both screw around with other people. Hey, here's my sales pitch for the counselor. If you're on the fence about it, it opens with Michael Fassbender going down in Penelope Cruz, and then Cameron Diaz has sex with a car windshield. Yep, well there you go. So there you have it. If if the if the Cormac McCarthy dialogue, Ridley Scott direction, all star cast, uh Dinars from Breaking Bad pops up in there at yeah. one point. John Linguizamo pops up at one point. Uh Bruno Gans, you know, Ruben Ruben Blades, they're all in there. If that doesn't get you those sex scenes will. So there you have it. There you have it. Um, all right. So I think Bad Grandpa is going to finally dethrone Gravity. Yeah. I'm going to say Bad Grandpa with 31 million, uh, and then I think Gravity number two with 22nd uh, with 22, uh, and then I'm going to say Counselor. I think I think Captain Phillips could actually be in third place. But I think the counselor, just because there might be a curiosity factor, 
it's it's just going to be a one weekend movie. It's I don't see. Right. I think it's going to be like a lot of people are saying. It's it's this year's Killing Them Softly, where you know it's met with a critical divide, but like the fanboy critics love it, and then it gets like an F cinema score. <laughs> so I think I'm, I'm going to go out on a, a limb a little bit. Say Counselor third place, just ahead of Captain Phillips. I'm going to give it 12 million, and I think Carrie's going to drop down to five or six. But we don't have to guesstimate. I think we get Bad Grandpa at 35 for me, and then I would say um, I, I agree. Gravity will be in second place with 20, and then I, I think the Counselor is only going to do about nine million. So do you think Captain Phillips then will probably be third place? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, probably the third place. And I think you're right. Carrie's going to be no where to be found. You want to give me a number in Captain Phillips? Um, how, about, how about 14? You like 14? <laughs> I would say 11. 11. Okay. Alright. Yeah, I, I think he, I, I think you're actually going to end up being right. I think Bad Grandpa is going to probably skew a little higher because I think people want a, a really good laugh right now. There hasn't really been a big comedy uh, yeah. lately. Uh, Gravity, I think, is going to hold well. And The Counselor, I think... I do think it'll probably underperform. I, I, I'm, we'll see, I'm, I'm, I'm banking on maybe the star part of it. A lot of stars. A lot of stars. But gotta, I don't know. I feel like people maybe a little over stars selling a movie for them. Yeah. it's We're starting to see that star power doesn't mean as much as like good stories. Yeah. And also, superhero movies have told us that people respond more to sort of the iconic yeah. Characters. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, guys. Well, that'll about do it for this week. Sorry we didn't get to read your email, but we, uh, Mr. Carl and I have a, a, a date with uh, another event. Um, uh, shoot us uh, shoot us an email, though, over at keepingitreal at IGN.com, and we will get to them next week. Uh, and maybe even Roth Cornette will be back next what? week on the podcast. Um, and then uh, give us a shout-out over on iTunes. Um, and I'll about do it for this week. So thank you all for listening. We'll catch you all next time.